it's a good thing that I just double checked the recording status of this because in futzing around with that audio, it had become unrecorded and mm. it would have been a shame to lose any of the golden audio that we've been recording here for the last 12 to 13 minutes. You're not wrong. Well, not Roman either. Neither Look what I made. That's pretty good. Wow. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. That's I think that's good. my favorite Stormtrooper helmet. Yeah. I mean, it's hard. It's hard because the red ones are so cool. Yeah. But they're not quite Stormtroopers. They're Imperial Guards. And they're like, those are badass. Those are cool. Like, Carnage is cool. You know, like, yeah. bitchin', bitchin' rad. But Venom, Venom, I is think, is still cool bitchin' than rad. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. There's a dignified, Carnage. there's a dignified thing going on with him. You're right. He's Carnage with a suit and tie. Perfectly acceptable podcast, episode 224? 224 from Illinois. Illinois. Modesto, Illinois. Modesto, Illinois. Now we're all lagging a little bit tonight, but it's fine because we are recording in a shared bathroom. We are all using separate microphones, laying on the floor sideways because we've all just recently had coffee enemas. If you don't know what that is, that's all right. Everyone just needs to know you lay down, you warm coffee. It's a great way to get energy going and also clean out the pipes. So here from the bathroom floor, as always, I'm Jeff. I'm Django, and I'm glad that this place is made out of tile on the floor. Yeah, yeah. And I'm Roman, and it's good to be back in Illinois. It's been a, been a while. Every time we end up in Illinois, though, Roman, you and I ended up on our side in a bathroom. <laughs> At least this time, Every one of time. us were not chained to toilets on the opposing side of the room with only one saw. And we have the option of cutting our foot off to get out of here. This time we know as soon as that coffee bag is gone, we're ready to be out of here. Different kind of medical procedure this round. Different yeah, yeah. kind of and, medical. And hopefully, you know, the night's young, so that could all still happen. Exactly. And as always, it's a comic book podcast. It's a bunch of buddies who run a comic book shop in Bellingham, Washington. And we, every week we get together to talk about the comics that come out. Also the comic shop or the comings and goings of our lives. It's a fun thing that we do to remember that we still have pink beating hearts inside these husky chests of ours. Husky like a tree husk, not husky in the fact that we've just been drinking beer for an entire pandemic and not exercising. I can feel my heart beat in my butthole. <laughs> I can feel my pulse all over my body. <laughs> you guessed it. This week, we're going to be talking about some comics. That's right. Now, Django is on record as saying this is his favorite week of comics in the last six months. Roman and I are similarly cruising through it. We're cruising through it. I thought it was a pretty small week of comics, frankly. I thought this is a pretty small week of comics, but we have a handful of them to talk about. And I have not created an order yet. So, and in no specific order, <laughs> we're going to talk about crossover number six, right? Moving last, the sticks. Uh -huh. Oh, yeah. First, last, whatever. We're talking about that one first 
because we want to make sure everyone knows that there is spoilers on this podcast spoilers. and we're going to be spoiling and that's a spoiler centered issue and then we've got an email that relates to it that will be a perfect segue Ooh. out of that into a following book oh, we're wow. then going to talk about the marvels number one you confused about which marvel series that is it's we're going to clear it up for you it's the marvels <laughs> not marvels not marvel and not marvel's x hey if you want it just search it on our website plug in marvel yeah it's hard to do uh we're also gonna be talking about uh beta ray bill number two we're talking about batman black and white number five and we're gonna talk a little bit about robin and teen titans academy number one and two respectively we're also gonna talk a little bit about i think that's all of them you don't want to sound like class i already said that one and if i didn't we're gonna talk about deadly class 45 i believe you i'm really excited to talk about that one today but before we get into that, we've got more important things to deal with. We've got crossover number six, the end of the first arc of Donnie Cates' magnum opus. He said this is the one he's dropping the mic on comics with. He is going to write this series. It's his final statement on comics. And he's going to make a punk band in Texas with his new wife. All of that was misinformation. That's why everyone needs to be on their toes. All right. <laughs> just because we're your trusted information source doesn't mean we're right. This is just a book that Donnie Cates is doing is all. Django, take, take it away. Oh, man. This issue was <laughs> really exciting to me. Uh, on Tuesday, when we got it in, Jeff, you, sh you opened it up to that, uh, that splash Spoilers, page. that spoiler page. The spoiler Holy page cow. that we spoil this book and we spoil all the comics that we talk about. Look in the podcast notes. You can skip ahead, but we're spoiling crossover now. They had... It, it's just this page that has every superhero, every image comic, a bunch of IDW comics. It's even got the Ninja Turtles in the background. It's it's like, I don't know. I, I don't usually get excited about big battle pages like that, but this, this page was amazing. And you pointed out that uh, the zombies on that page and the zombies that show up later on are from The Walking Dead and Black and White, which I thought was just fucking rad. So cool. Um, the, the, you know, the storyline was, was pretty cool. They, they get where they're trying to go and they, they do what they were trying to do. But my favorite part is that at, at the end, Ellipsis is washing the blood off herself in the sink. And I was like, well, there's a coloring mistake. That blood is flesh colored. And it turns out that she's washing off her makeup and she is also from, the bubble where, you know, she's, she's using makeup to cover up the fact that she's colored in half tones. And that just, that just got me super excited. And I wonder what comic she's from, mm -hmm. you know, cause she's, she's gotta be from something. That's a fun idea. Do we think the little girl is also from something? Could be. Just Could like be. Although the little girl was kind of set up to definitely be the daughter of, of somebody um but i would love it if she turned out to be you know a, a little kid version of sue storm or something i hadn't read the fifth issue going into this one but i just wanted to read this one this this week was sort of because it was a small week for me i kind of took an exercise and just reading random issues of comics um <laughs> so I, I did i finished this crossover arc and yeah i wasn't sure like you know if they're from the bubble i kind of had I thought that like the, the her being from the bubble was sort of a mystery. They'd kind of even set up an issue number one, like her, she was from the bubble and then out, she got transported outside of it or something. And it was always a little like, like her the, parents. The way I understood it was that 
she was in the area that the bubble encompasses, but she got cut off from her parents. It was all pretty but mysterious that, yeah, that all to the point sense. of like, okay. Um, but yeah, I think anytime a comic book, which Beta Ray Bill also did this week for me, but anytime a comic book can make it really fun to pour over minutia, mm-hmm. I think it, that like it just became immediately like, I'm going to stare at all of these panels to track down all these like diddle, diddle references. Uh, isn't that right, Roman? Yeah, that was really fun. I, I didn't realize until Django said it, the Ninja Turtles are in the background of that page. And I, yeah. just, saw the, and I just saw the Fantastic Four there too. Yeah, the, the but, car. Yeah. Yeah, but what really thrilled me was this is like maybe the first time in, I don't know, 10, 15 years we've seen Battle Pope in a comic. Yeah. <laughs> and Bloodstrike or Bloodstrife? Bloodstrike. I don't even know who that right is. Right under Battle Pope. Oh, that's who that guy is. Okay. He's got the spawn Spider-Man Deadpool eyes. And yeah, I, I love he had like two issues from Rob Liefeld <laughs> in 90, 97. I love when Buzzkill like shows up for a second and then he has to go fight Superman, but they just do it. Like I, I like the bits of Marvel and DC that they put in there without actually showing it at all. Mm-hmm. I was gonna ask you guys. So that's Buzzkill, the guy that gets knocked into the car yeah in the white suit because I, I at first i was like is that apollo he, that doesn't look like his chest symbol um yeah I, and i was i was thinking about it i was like this is very exciting because if this book is kind of an ongoing longer thing i do feel like maybe marvel or dc or other companies could end up like joining this but then i was like they've said fuck a lot so far they're not gonna put batman <laughs> or superman like i, I kind of no dicks yeah they've they've I would at this point I'm like oh I don't know this isn't exactly the kind of thing that I bet Marvel and DC would be happy to put their logo on as a crossover I think that they've maybe isolated that as an option which is a bummer but if they want to bring like the fact that Colonel Weird shows up is awesome you know like they do and he knows her name yeah yeah yep that's that's pretty good the world of Black Hammer is this a Black Hammer book or is I are just you know Colonel Weird is all universes, so he knows mm-hmm. everybody. Yeah, I I was just super super impressed because it's it's just a candy bar, but it is a really good action movie candy bar kind of popcorn thing here. I even loved on this uh, again another spoiler. Well, I won't say who one of our main cast dies in this issue. And on the page where he has his final words, there's a a purposeful color misprint like you used to see in the old comics, that big pink swath. And I don't know if that actually means something in the story or if that's just where they decided to to put the fake mistake. Hmm. But I love that. Because it could be either. It is a lot of fun. And I and Roman, I, that kind of thing I, I totally dig because it is such a meta statement on comics that you don't really know how much of it is the medium itself or how much of it is a comment on the medium. And I love kind of being in that liminal space of something that's, you know, that meta. Yeah. Roman, where's this purple swath that you're talking about? I was just going to ask, I can see in our zoom call that it looks like you're looking for something. Oh, is that just my issue? Or is this like a hidden oh, fuck. interior Are they doing variant? variant interiors? It's, we did. Yeah, have a, I quit. I quit. Yeah. Yeah, it's that page where Otto's in the rubble. Oh, oh wow. interesting. That looks just like a misprint to me. I didn't have that in the issue I read, but I don't oh. have it here with me. Well, maybe maybe <laughs> mine is just a 
honest to gosh misprint it's like when dark side is and it's got all the fritzing out of panels and stuff around (laughs) it maybe that's a dark side is crossover reference are they in different covers this is the cover i have same cover interestingly berserker number two sent out a bunch of random variants within the a cover this Mm -hmm. week so check your berserker number twos because if you got one without a red bar you win (laughs) or if it's black and white you win it's a super cool variant (laughs) it's a super cool variant we didn't know was there um yeah Django, what's your score for it you old monkey tooth i'm gonna give this one i'm gonna i'm gonna grade this one i was gonna say also what's your convention for the week i think it'll be clear okay i appreciate that thank you uh this one i appreciate your clarity my my rule this week is how how much did i like it as i read it okay i'm not i'm not grading it on its artistic merit Okay. Or what I think other people might think of it. Or I'm going to do that, like that this week also. Can I ape your shit? Yeah, do it. Do cool. it. 10. I had more fun reading this than I have reading most comics. Uh, like I, I was so pulled through the story and, and the action that I didn't really have time to dissect any of the meta stuff other than the in-your-face meta that was happening as as you're reading the story. I, I like that. Really good. Django, I'm going to go nine. And uh, as in terms of the enjoyment during it, and again, kind of like how I opened the conversation, it, it immediately drew you in because there was all these secrets and references to find. And it mm-hmm. made reading it uh, like a, like licking the meat off the rib bone. Licking the candy bar wrapper. Roman, what do you give it? And what's your paradigm? Do you want to get on the, the ape shit train with Django and I? Oh, I thought we were. Yeah, I thought we were. Okay, cool. I didn't want to I force anything. We're always on. following the same paradigm. Um, yeah, I'll what? give it a nine. Roman, on one week, two weeks ago, you gave a seven to everything while we didn't use seven. So don't try and tell me you thought we were always on the same page. Wait, I thought, I don't remember now. I remember the sevens. I don't remember what the rule was. Jang and I are scoring strictly on how much we enjoyed it while reading it. Whereas I think in normal practice, we try to sort of take a step back and look at the general holistic artistic merit of what what on a one to 10 quote unquote objective scale is, which is, I I think we're just doing what Roman does every week. Yeah. I was going to say, I feel like that's always how I score. Well, I fucking love it. It's all part of the package. Oh, so so this time, this time I will score um, in an inverse ratio to how much I enjoyed it. I love that. (laughs) Poor comics. So 0.25. No, no, yeah, that's too much work. Um, no, I'm going to give it a nine. <laughs> nice. I would give the series so far probably an eight and a half. Yeah. Like this this is as far as we were kind of led to believe it would go with six issues, right? Like five or six yeah, issues. Yeah, I'm glad that this, because I got to be frank, the story of like ellipses and those characters isn't super interesting to me, but the overall conceit of what is happening and the potential of the universe is a lot of fun and interesting to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But- that's where I'm at. Okay, the next issue we're going to talk about is The Marvels, number one. Now, I didn't read this one, ladies and gentlemen, but I am fully prepared to have it be another incredible book that Roman read that I didn't read and to be enlightened about it. I am excited because it sounds like this is Kurt Busick doing his Marvels thing, but it almost feels like this is kind of like Astro City style. Like now we're just sort of like telling these stories about these characters in this world but maybe I'm incorrect. Roman, do you want to top us off? No, that, that's, a, that's a good summation because, <clears throat> and he says in the back matter of this, that this is 
like Mar you know Marvels was um, from the viewpoint of the average guy, and this series now is from the viewpoint of the superheroes. But I didn't quite feel like that was what the first issue was anyway. Yeah, this um, was mostly not that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but yeah, it's it's basically, and they make a big deal about this, but it, you know, it's basically just what DC is doing with infra, infra, yeah, Infinite Frontier. Every, any character they've ever had, they could use in the same story, whatever time, they can jam it all together. Um, and it was fun. It wasn't. It wasn't great, but you know, I'll read almost anything Kurt Busiek does, especially when he's using classic characters and stuff. Did he put Prince on the last panel? Yeah, that's the thing. At the end, there's two new villains show up and. They're like oh. fifth rate Prince and fifth rate David Bowie from from the huh. uh, uh, what was his alien Ziggy Stardust? Is it Ziggy Stardust that has the lightning bolt? Ace Freely. Well, I think okay. it, maybe it's Ziggy <laughs> Stardust, but that's interesting. I listened to a lot of well, I listened to the song twice today, 1999 by Prince. Hmm. Well, so wait, it's Marvel's version of the Flamingo. <laughs> the other yeah, prince knockoff villain cool. yeah <laughs> um, roman i can't i did not like this comic i had a hard i almost bailed halfway through oh yeah um, i want to hear here all the things the, you didn't like well it hmm. time jumped weird i didn't feel like there was, i was given anything to really care about in the early time jumps which are like three or four page vignettes about superheroes. And then the longer story that kind of wraps up the issue is about like an Uber driver in a superhero world who gets a ping on his app and he has to go give a superhero tour. It just seemed like, I don't know, like it's a cute idea, but it wasn't, it, I didn't feel like I wanted 13 pages of it or whatever. That was, that was a cute idea. Cause when you said Uber driver in a superhero world, I was just like, in my head is like uber driver and i was using a, a about like a pop song to me as well like <laughs> uber driver in a superhero world i love astro city django at the beginning of the pandemic did you start like reading through astro city was that the time frame there it was it was when i went to new orleans like about two years ago now okay what I went, is time? i went down there to to see my dad and i was i read i think the first six or seven issues and holy shit Astro City is amazing. It's amazing. And 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 I love Kurt Busick. Mm -hmm. And what I think he does so well is explores the world of what superheroes, the space in the world that superheroes leave. It's almost like a similar exploration to like what Tom King is doing with Rorschach or even what happened with Watchmen. Mm -hmm. But like, I think he's so good at exploring a world that superheroes exist in without necessarily explicitly exploring the superheroes which is yeah. what astro city i think did mm. so well so i'm i'm love the idea of this book kind of being like a marvel version of astro city um but i astro city which i have a great amount of respect for i also like to read it in like paperbacks at a time or like even when it was coming out when it was like restarted like seven or eight mm -hmm. years ago um i got all the issues but i really like his flavor as chunks uh and i'm curious i'm excited to read this one but i didn't even read this one because i i kind of i unfortunately kind of pigeonhole him that way at this point where i'm like I, if i'm going to read kurt music i want to read a couple issues of it yeah yeah and i i don't know i i feel the same way about astro city and 
I, I don't know. I kind of have my doubts that this will be um, Astro City in the Marvel world, just because he's, you know, he's limited within the Marvel, the Marvel boundaries. He can't change, you know, personalities and stuff and really explore things. But I still think it's fun when he uses all sorts of old characters and obscure characters and goes back to, you know, timelines like uh, there's a scene in here um, along that weird little timeline where Reed Richards and Ben Grimm before they get their powers are, well, Ben's in the military in the Air Force and they're in um, the analog for Vietnam. I don't know why in this series they talk, they're talking about Sin Kong, which yeah, it's an analog for Vietnam and the Vietnam War. And I don't know why they don't just use Vietnam, but it's like when Keith Giffen used Bialia instead of Iraq. Yeah. That's a that's a bagel. Yeah, I didn't know that for 15 years after I first encountered the country Bialia in Justice League. <laughs> um, but yeah, the All Winter Squad is in here. Lady Lotus from the old Avengers or Invaders series. It's one of those books that I'm always just like, I bet Roman's gonna love this, but I don't know enough of these characters to really love seeing the All Winter Squad. But like, you know, Roman saying. And it's got the all winners squad, like that type of sentence I've heard so many times in my life. Like, oh, and it's got, you know, Shang-Chi's sidekick from 1977. You're like, oh, cool. <laughs> I love all, there's so many reasons I love stuff like that. And like the all winners squad, one of the reasons I love them is because it's such a dumb name. Mm-hmm. It's bad. It's, it's a bad it's so, name. Yeah, it's so egotistical. And, uh, but I love it. <laughs> so what do you two give this book? And then I'll opt out because I obviously didn't read it. I hate doing it because I do like Kurt Busick. I'm going to give it a five. That's that's about how much I had fun reading it. It's got the original vision in it. Arcus, the actual alien vision. From I the, fucking the golden age. love when Roman does that. That I'm type no of Roman. thing. Everyone knows what that sounds like before Roman gives a score. He's like, but it has this in it. That means <laughs> even, yeah, yeah. So you drop whatever score, but oftentimes that's accompanied by a little bit of a fish. Oh, I was thinking, you know, of the books I really enjoyed this week. This wasn't the one I enjoyed the most. I'll give this a nine. Nice. All right. Nice. I like that. I like that. Okay. Well, I feel like we should continue our DC trend and that we haven't started one yet and <laughs> talk a little bit about Batman black and white issue number five. Was there an order? Pfft, we don't need no stinking order. <laughs> um, this issue number five of this, this was, Jacob texted me and said, I think this is the best issue of this series since issue number two, which I guess mm-hmm. was just three issues ago, but that was a very great one. Um, and I have to agree, this was a real good issue. There was one in here that I just got upset with and didn't engage with at all, but... Um, um, I bet but I know which one it is. I bet you fucking I, I wonder if I know which it. one it is too. <laughs> yeah, I bet you both fucking know what it is. Um, I thought this was pretty good, and and I bet you all can guess exactly what my favorite was. But um, yeah, I really loved the Nightwing one one at the end, and there was a lot of sort of in the shadow of Batman books this week uh, mm-hmm. between Teen Titans Academy number two, Robin number one, and Batman Black and White number five with this Nightwing centric story. I just absolutely adored it. And it was just sort of a meditation on Dick, just kind of all of the baggage he hangs with him and then what he does to sort of overcome it. I thought the art was gorgeous. It was written and drawn by uh, Jamal Campbell, I believe is the name. Mm -hmm. And that's who did the art in Naomi and has been doing some Bendis stuff. I really like their art. 
a lot. And I was really impressed at how distilled this take of Nightwing was like what, how kind of down to the core of the character it was. So that was what I fucking loved about this issue. What did you, what did you guys dig? I liked everything else. Except the Nightwing. Actually, (laughs) I'm flipping through it and I really, I like them all for very different reasons. Um, The very first one where it's just Bruce and Dick or sorry, Bruce and uh, Damien talking about battle plans and how they're going to set these bad guys up to get their asses kicked by, by Batman and Robin. Um, I enjoyed that. The Lee Weeks art on the next one. I didn't love the story as much, but the, the art was amazing. So Jenga was your favorite story. The first one. Uh, I think it was the first one. Although I had a really good time doing the choose your own adventure by Jamie McKelvey and, and Karen Gillan. Uh, and I, I loved I love bouncing back and forth and then trying to get to certain panels. It's it's like you you read a couple panels and then it says if you want to chase the Riddler through the maze, go to panel thirty eight. If you want to go slow, go to panel whatever. And and I kept dying because the Riddler always wins. I don't know if you can win the game. And there were a lot of parallels to the Killing Joke and even some panels that looked a little bit like uh, homages to Brian Boland's scene in the in the House of Mirrors. Um, so just like from a, a fun reading standpoint, that would have been my favorite, but I think from a craft standpoint, the first one, Roman, what was your favorite in here? Uh, the first one, I, I really did like the first one a lot. Yeah. That, that, and that final panel totally makes it, I mean, yeah. it's just, just beautiful. And it's funny that I like the art of the riddle, the choose your own adventure or choose your own solution one. But this was not the week for me to read that because I actually didn't even do it all because I looked at it and put it down for a few days and then I picked it up again and did some of them. And I was like, but I don't like choose your own adventure stuff. I don't either. Fuck choose your own adventure. I fucking hate it. It's a waste of your time. Even as a kid, I was like, you know, me too. I wanted something that a professional has written for me to follow. I don't, if I want to do my own story, I'll write my own story. I'll go write my own my fucking story. Exactly. You like video games with stories. Yeah. Doesn't that do the same thing? It's or generally a branch? written. I mean, it, it how linear a series is depends on the series, but like a Final okay. Fantasy game, there's no. I mean, maybe I'm an out of date reference here, but if it's a Final Fantasy game, there's one ending, and you're getting that one okay. ending. Mo- okay. Many, many games, Spider-Man for PS5, like many of these games, there's one ending, and you progress through that. Resident Evil. Um, there are games that can have multiple endings, like Bioshock or you know other ones but um even that is kind of a recent development yeah i get I, that i mean that's an interesting di- di- distinction to bring up video game i th- video game maybe there's the illusion of more sense of agency whereas for me a, a written story is sort of like i'm here for the story right like it, yeah. it, it, choose your own adventure felt like there was no good ending or a good story and everything else is just a lesser than um but i just wasn't i just wasn't in the mood for it i also like I have a very tenuous relationship with uh, Kieran Gillen. Um, this is this is my absolute limit for number of Kieran Gillen pages that I'll read. I think at this point. yeah, I, <laughs> I, I read it. It was it was sorry, I enough. Looked at it. It was eight pages. I was like, this is the big one in here. This is the big <laughs> one. Like fine. Like um, maybe I'm just the sweet spot age wise to appreciate that nostalgia flavor because I read a lot of 
a lot of choose your own adventure stories when I was a kid. I actively avoided them. Um, but <laughs> really the Nightwing one I thought was just fucking stellar. Love that. So, so, so much. I just want to talk. 9.5. Oh, sorry. Yes. Yeah, scores. Um, oh. Yeah. Okay. Gosh, as a whole, that's tough because I got so annoyed by the choose your own adventure. I stopped three pages <laughs> in and I was like, fuck this. And I didn't, you know, I thought it's I was going to go thing back. You didn't in. stop completely because then you would have missed the nightwing no i mean the anthologies i know at this point dip out of stories i don't want so i mean the parts that i liked i liked you know nine 9.5 like i i liked the nightwing portion of 10 um god i think i'll give it a oh 7.5 i mean there was two at least two maybe three stories i really liked but then there was a couple i didn't what is it that that uh, panel on the bottom there of Dick oh. running across the bridge is awesome. Uh, yeah, that yeah. is cool. <laughs> Sorry, Roman, I totally um, stepped on you. I don't know what I was saying. He gave it a <laughs> 10 and a half. <laughs> I give it an 11, 12, 15. Oh, spinal tap. And Django, did you give your score? I sure did. I and you got that 9.5. The James Stokoe Iron or Iceman thing. Very good. Oh, yeah, that was yeah, uh, Mr. Freeze. Mr. Freeze by James Stokoe pinup that was in there. So hot. Oh, yeah. Maybe and by hot read that cold. Seth Fisher uh, yeah. snow run. Guys, I just got to talk about Deadly Class 45 for a second. It has been almost exactly a year since we've gotten an issue of this. The last one was May 5th, and that was 44. Wow. Now we've got 45. And he did his sort of classic deadly class right up at the end. Rick Remender and Wes Craig um, talking about just sort of like, I wanted to take this, you know, opportunity to write about kind of like making the show and then what having the show canceled did to me over the last two years and all this stuff. And he was like, but I got my second COVID shot yesterday. So I'm huddled up in a blanket right now. I can identify with that in it. Uh, Marcus has to give himself an enema and shits publicly. I could identify with that. He goes to his job as the second job he's had in this series, and he's delivering pizzas. I can identify with that. And the entire thing starts with a giant double-page spread that says 1991 and has the Nevermind Nirvana album cover. And for anyone who's been paying attention, I've been deep back into 1991 through 95 music and listening to a ton of Nirvana. And so a time jump had happened. We went from the 80s to the 91s. And it's just a book that's been coming out for nine years now and uh has had the same creative team on it and has had an uncanny overlap with my life throughout the entire time that's been coming out not all related to shit either not all related to shit but some of it for sure for shits and it's it it just has stayed fantastic I don't, I don't know what the direction for the story is. I don't like the plot and the general plot of this story has been lost for a while. And it's just this kind of like book that crops up occasionally that gives insight into Rick Remender's headspace, unpacking certain issues that he's been unpacking for most of his life, but they are issues that are familiar to me relating to a time and subject matter in life that I can identify with. And I absolutely adore it. And the art is just absolutely stunning. And it's, just so weird how much it, I mean, I'm sure everyone feels like this at times, but uh, Will Elmer, friend of the show who 
I had worked with years and years and years ago. We early on talking about, it, we were talking about community and he was like, yeah, it's just weird that it's the only show I've ever watched. It feels like it's written for me. And I was like, me too. And that quote has always stood out to me. And deadly class is a book that just feels like, I think good art makes the person engaging and it feel that way, which is like, man, this is written just for me. And that is just awesome. And this book has this long winded discussion between him and a girl who doesn't view life so cynically and judgmentally. And it reminds me of conversations I've had. And like, I just, it's great. Deadly class is fucking great. And I'm just, I can't, it defies my brain that it is still coming out because it's not about what it was about, but it's like about what was successful about what it was about. And it just exists in this weird space and it takes place during one of my favorite times in all of social culture. And I just fucking adore it. 45 issues in. Is this, I I thought it was over. Is this like a reboot or like a, like a continuation? It's still just been continuing. There's been no rebooting or anything. There was a time jump that happened. I don't know of exactly how long. I guess, I mean, I, I thought that he said that it was over. And it's been months since the last one, right? It's been a year. Um, I okay. and I that's months, twelve of them. Yeah, it is. Um, and I feel like the other one had been maybe like months and months since that one had had an issue as well. Um, I keep thinking he's right, starting the last arc of it, but I don't. I think I've created that memory. I don't know okay. that he's actually ever said that, but I keep thinking we're entering the final arc of it because he keeps ending his other series. But this one keeps coming out, and it's you know nihilistic and pessimistic and it's been fun to grow through a lot of the lessons that Marcus is going through while he still processes them more slowly, but it's a lot to identify with. Love it. That was my 10 of the week. I enjoyed, I started and I was like, do I like this book anymore? Which is how I feel every time an issue comes out. Cause it's always <laughs> been so long. And I'm like, not only do I like this book, but I feel like I'm living this book. So 10 guys, we've been here for a while. I yeah. feel like the coffee enemas. I feel the buzz wearing off. You want to get a beer enema? It's the problem is that the coffee enema got me so jacked up that I forgot about our cr- post crossover email from Andrew. But that's oh, what happens yeah. when you're laying there with a coffee enema on your side and a bucket of co- coffee water, coffee waste water next to you. Thank um, God for the drain in the middle of this floor. If anybody, if anybody is curious about what we're experiencing, there is a, there is a television program called My Strange Addiction, and there's a great episode about people addicted to coffee enemas. And that would at least give you an informational background of what the three of us are going through right now and what what it, you, you know, a coffee enema is. But Jango, your, your, your bag's almost empty, bud. My bag's empty, and I think they got some grounds in there. Not yeah. cool, guys. I'm gonna I'm calling Yelp. Yeah, you gotta strain that shit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I need a I need a Google account that I can leave a review on because I'm not leaving it under my real name. No, no, for sure. Hey guys. I feel all right. Hey guys. Hey. Got Hey guys. Oh, hey, hey. hey Andrew. <laughs> With the sheer amount of crossovers and crossover this week. Oh. What creator owned series from Vertigo, Image, Dark Horse, etc. do you guys want to see show up in future issues of crossover? I might take Jango huh. huh. I might take Django's answer with this, but I'd want the preacher gang to show up. Thank you guys for the constant laughs every week. Still have to get around to cataloging all the S words you guys use in episode 221. <laughs> Did we say a lot of S words in that? I don't know. I don't even know what I, that means. I don't remember what I just told you guys 30 seconds ago. <laughs> Crossovers. Who do we want to show up in that series? Django? Yeah. 
I would like to see Martha Washington show up. I think that would be super entertaining. I think more realistically, if we were going along those same lines, we would see uh, Nixon from uh, Hard Boiled or Rusty and Big Guy. I could see them showing up and fitting right in. I think oh, Preacher's a great idea, though. Rusty's a great idea. Rusty and the big guy and Rusty the boy robot. That'd be cool, too. What about Hellboy in the sewers and the next men? Ooh. Oh, I want the next men. All I want is the next men in crossover. <laughs> Donnie, do it. God, I, I, I would love any of those. Yeah. Um, the first one that came to mind for me was um, Shade the Changing Man from Vertigo, the Vertigo series. Mm -hmm. I want to see is it M vest can get him in there and how crazy that would all be on top of crazy. Jeff just wants to see Jonathan Hickman himself. That would be so <laughs> fucking good. Um, I gotta be honest. The first answer that came to my mind was the Simpsons, but that's Ooh. not uh, a series like a creator own series. So a comic. So then my next thought was what about the bunnies from life is hell. And then, cause Ooh. I used to read that when I was oh. in fifth grade, I found my dad's copies of that. And then that just remembered that in deadly class this week, at one point he sequesters himself away in a bathroom surrounded by Nirvana and mud honey tapes and temple and of the a dog bag full of coffee, hanging out there reading life is hell by Matt Groening. And I was like, I did that fucking same. Like my, I stole my dad's copies of that same comic book and read that shit. And no um, wonder you are how you are, but like, you that's what read that shit till you're 30. That like I, and then I started publishing self-written stories at school like just scripts <laughs> that i would hand out and charge people for from because of reading that and then to really? be watching yeah and i had to go to the principal's office because i got in trouble for selling things at school <laughs> um writing stories that to serialize and yeah anyway so it was fun to then see in deadly class him doing reading the same book i was like i haven't heard people talk about work as hell life as hell school as hell and so on dude i i got in trouble for publishing a magazine in school too like i yours was probably a magazine i was writing one full page of text with like a title and chapters on it and then printing 30 copies of that piece of paper and selling it put that kid in a fucking journalism class don't send him to the principal's yeah. office and tell yeah. him Jesus. this yeah yeah i know i only got in trouble for selling mommy's pills but you got to stop selling mommy's pills. You keep selling mommy's pills. You got to stop stealing from your mom. Well, I just got, I just got to leave my school on lunch break and go to a different school. And do it there. That's true. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Was that the question? It was supposed to be creator-owned series. Yeah, what creator-owned oh, series from I... Vertigo, Image, Dark? But but we kind of expanded it to Vertigo, Image, Dark Horse series. Because I'm not sure that I guess Shade the Changing Man is owned by DC. That's true. So in that case, I'll use um oh what's that kieran gillen series about king arthur's coming out right now um, once in future boy once in future because i want to see the um grandmother from there oh she's getting cool. into action with some of these crossover events ew roman she's an old bird <laughs> mommy's pills getting into action with you old ladies a, you got a lot you got an editing job in front of you Jeff. i'm not going to edit any of it um you're going to jail it, it's um, a myth that as you get older that you lose your libido oh <laughs> uh, yeah that's true that's true. Um, okay, let's talk a little bit about Beta Ray Billions. Beta Ray Billionaires over BRB. here. BRB, issue number two, Daniel Warren Johnson. Hi, how are you? This was really good. I'm just glad uh, we got Scourge back. Okay, Roman, go. Yeah, 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 Scourge. <laughs> so, but even before we get to meet Scourge, which was awesome, we've got that beautiful 
two-page spread that's a classic cutaway of a ship um and it's awesome i spent minutes following better ray bill as he was traveling through the ship going to visit murder falcon and stuff in there <laughs> yeah and yeah, the marvel was... editorial room and murder falcon and the kid from murder falcon are in there it's so awesome and the comics place pinball array machines three three pinball machines yeah down at the bottom there's a whole <laughs> room of stat comic book boxes i really like this cutout yeah i had a problem with it in the story though because the reason we see the cutout is that he is told by the ship i have a signal on a life form of some sort in the galley and then we do this cutaway and there's all kinds of life forms in here yeah but are any of them in the galley yeah well first that bothered mm. me but then i took it as well yeah except for scourge they're all they're just all little in jokes yeah exactly I, like, I mean there's like the one guy with a shrine to jack kirby here right? <laughs> yeah the shrine of jack kirby the marvel editorial bullpen yeah yeah, yeah. I, I loved it i thought it was just all in jokes i'll allow it i'll allow it because it says in the galley <laughs> i would have liked an unauthorized life form though yeah i turned the page right after this amazing cutaway um and i saw scourge oh cool i don't know <laughs> anything about that guy like oh. oh dang daniel johnson like did this great fucking book and now we're kind of going into the corners of the world i don't care about as much and it took two pages for him to become one of my new favorite fucking characters <laughs> like he was so well written and so funny and and not at all like uh, the character that Judge Dredd played in the movies. What, wasn't the that character? Him? I don't know. Carl Urban played Scourge in, in the Thor movie. Oh, that's right. I forgot. Yeah. And it's a callback to Simonson's run on Thor. And Simonson created Bill, Better A Bill. And in his run, Scourge, well, that's where he got killed because there was whatever big battle they were fighting, Ragnarok. 2.6 whatever it was um they were fighting that and scourge got a hold of a bunch of earth guns and machine guns and things and that's why he loves guns now and he had a great <laughs> death where you know he was a bad guy and a great death where he was trying to hold back the monster hordes or whatever and he so the other asgardians could escape and he got slaughtered he sacrificed himself and he went out in a blaze of glory shooting guns and throwing swords and stuff and so it's a nice shout out again to that series. What series was that, Roman? Walt Simonson's run on Thor. Oh, okay, okay. It sounded like it could have been his death, like in like a War of the Realms or you know King and Black thing that would have just no, happened. It, yeah, it was a long. It was, it was the first time cool. he died. He's been brought back a few times since then. Right. Real similar to his death in Ragnarok, the movie too. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't yeah. recognize Odin at first. Yeah, I, I guess if you haven't been reading Thor, he yeah. he yeah. looks like this in Thor and he's been hanging oh, out okay. at this bar in Thor. I the whole social dynamic they've set up around Beta Ray Bill, I just think is amazing and I just want it. Yeah, it's such a interesting little team. And Pip the Troll, that was a total surprise from Adam Warlock comics. Um and I don't even know when the last time was he showed up. I even like these weird celestials. Like that's, that is usually the eject button for me. And I thought they were awesome. 
I do like the way that their like speech bubbles overlap and not a fluid logical reading order. And I just like, that was like the kind of punk rock Daniel Warren Johnson thing where it's like, <laughs> yeah, fuck it. I'm like, I'm going to just overlap these in a different way that doesn't necessarily immediately tell you what's going on, but like, it's weird. So that's what's going on is it's weird. Yeah. Yeah. And they're great designs. Like the one in the forefront has like the classic Kirby, like headgear headdress thing, but then it's got, like a couple mufflers with exhaust pipes going down from the yeah. space and it's just it's just crazy metal <laughs> i think daniel warren johnson is one of the most exciting people doing comic books right now For sure. and yeah. it's it's really great that he's on this book and beta ray bill is going to have a much increased fan base after this miniseries and it's going to be because of daniel warren johnson and as i was reading this i was like man i'm going to be bummed when this is hugely popular and they throw Jim's tending in the fourth on a beta ray bill book or something, you know, like it's going to be a bummer when somebody can't live up to this great standard that he's created. But yeah, I, I loved this one. My internet connection's now unstable, but it's, uh, I would give this. I would say I enjoyed this one, um, a 9.5 while reading it, like to start pages two and three with a cutaway, which is like the most primal, like Jeff, you've loved these your entire life. Let's get back to you as a five-year-old liking comics. Like it is, it is, that was super gratifying. I would uh, say that I enjoyed it at 10. Uh, the cutaway brought me back to the gnomes book that my mom bought me when I was like six. And gnomes. I sat outside of the, the police station in new Orleans and read that while she was doing errands. Wow. Gnomes Wait, was, are scary. Was that the one with the, the gnomes with the red hat, red pointed hats? Yeah, like a giant yeah. gnome on the front, and it was like uh, like yeah. a Norwegian book, and and the cutaway was their their tree home down into their burrow. Cool, yeah, scary. Gets me horn every time. Ew. <laughs> um, yeah, this was this was there was two books I really loved on all levels this week, and this was one of them. I'll give this a ten. Oh, nice. What was the other one? Batman Superman number six. Oh, Roman, you gotta tell us about that one. Um, Batman Superman 17 by Gene... Jimmy T.I.V. No. <laughs> Gene <laughs> Luen Young. Um, and he's this is his second issue of this series and it's just great. It's it's pulp stylings, but it's the, um, I guess, modern Batman and Superman. Um, the last issue was just pulp stylings. Then, then you find out that that's kind of another reality and this issue they slip into a joined reality that's more science fictiony and it's just awesome it's so much fun it's cool it's they still got their kind of pulpy style costumes um and the art oh the art's by uh ivan reese um oh which this is yeah and i always like him but i this i think this is some of his best work i've seen recently it's just so atmospheric and you know, Lois looks, it's not only the Superman Batman, Lois looks like, you know, kind of 1940s style. Robin looks like, you know, a goofy kid sidekick from the 40s. Um, but he's got the smarts of, you know, any regular current Robin. <laughs> um, it's just a lot of fun. Would you, is it, is it picking up directly from the previous issue? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Hmm. Oh man, it's got a penguin in it too. That's 
one of remember that penguin uh, graphic novel from years ago I, I, I that was, it was really i know you read it jeff that was really dark mitch that. Hurwitz's pride and prejudice or pink pride and yeah pride and yeah penguins like and penguins. prejudice or something <laughs> yeah yeah well this is greg Mitchell. that's that series and now this penguin who's a, a, a utter monster are the two scariest penguins i've ever seen yeah penguin pride and prejudice oh wait nope that's still just pride and prejudice from penguin books from penguin books <laughs> <laughs> roman i'm glad that the two scariest penguins that you've ever seen are both fictional <laughs> nope we'll go back one more time it is penguin pride and or pain and prejudice pain and, pain prejudice, and prejudice by greg Hurwitz, and it is in my mind the best mm. penguin book that's ever been told yeah oh. i'll second that emotion better than madagascar um uh, in, in a different way that was really fun that was very fun that one had those lemurs that liked to move mm -hmm. it move it Pain and Prejudice does not have that. So it's a different type of fun. There's no inherent soundtrack built into that. Roman, did we get a score from Batman Superman for oh. you? It's also a 10. I mean, I mean just, <gasps> I just I just stare at this cover with like Batman and Robin fighting their villains in the background and Clark's in the front opening his shirt, reveal the ass and the way the rain is hitting him. He's got his fedora and everything. So, oh, it's just, I love this cover. He it's doesn't even read refractionary right? period. It's true yeah it's it is true. like rice, rice yeah rice. gosh the rice man um did either of you guys read robin number one no we sold out i read it i read it i've got one right here um this is written by joshua williamson with art by gleb melnikov and don't be it so <sighs> don't tell me what to do dad <laughs> <laughs> This is weird. This is, you know, Braden made the passing joke that like, it's like Mortal Kombat, but then he flipped it open and somebody like pu pulled out somebody's heart. And then actually the story beats of it are like the first Mortal Kombat movie, like Damien's hunting down some clandestine tournament that happens every hundred years. And you can only get in if you kill somebody who has an invitation via tattoo from it and you ride this boat through a storm to go to this island to have a tournament like it is it is mortal combat to a t so oh, oh yeah it is Listen, i was gonna when i was reading it, i was thinking oh it's game of death from bruce lee but mortal combat has incorporated that yes yeah i bet that yes i bet that there's an earlier source, but yeah, Mortal Kombat. There's some overt Mortal Combating in here. And there's also a new Mortal Kombat movie that just came out this week. So it all kind of makes sense. Outside of the Mortal Kombat stuff, though, it's kind of Damien going to this island to kind of be his kind of bad boy self trying to become a good boy. And it looks like it's motivated by him trying to get in touch with maybe Roz and Talia because it's like the Lazarus Island. But there was apparently a first appearance by a character in here that a bunch of speculators bought this book, which is why we weren't able to read it because people from the middle of the country found our website and ordered everything so they could resell it on eBay for $9 and um, it's lame. But the people who got this book to read it, you're awesome. And I think it was pretty good. Roman, what did you think of it? I thought, I thought it was all right. I wasn't a big fan of the... Um... The art, I mean, it's okay, but it didn't really 
thrill me much. I, I I thought the plot was cool. I mean, I liked seeing Damien fighting King Snake. King Snake, you know, he was first introduced in the the Tim Drake Robin series. And it's Bane's dad. Yeah, which actually I forgot. They mentioned that in this issue, and I was like, "What?" So I had to go online, and yeah, sure enough, he's Bane's dad. And I didn't know that either. Um, and I thought that that was just like really good storytelling because Bane killed Alfred, and kind of the question is like, Damien, are you doing this because you're still pissed off about you know some stuff that's happened with Bruce and? Alfred being dead so you're trying to exact revenge or are you doing this because you're trying to join this tournament um and I liked that yeah it was a good bringing together of certain characters for a new story that also logically set up a lot of motivations based on kind of what's happened in the last year and a half of storytelling yeah that was nicely done and and having it be a callback to like a Robin villain that was created specifically to be a Robin villain in a Robin series back in the day. But I do agree with your art take. Some of the panels are great. And then other ones are like real, real rough. Yeah. There's um, some scenes, especially with this. Um, oh, this family that Amy and what does he do? He gives them some coins or something. I forget what he does. Oh yeah. yeah that, that family, especially the dad, that's really rough and not in the living on the streets rough way just kind of badly delineated yeah and then there's kind of awesome art like the moment of him like reading manga and there's like half of a page of adapted manga and you're like that looks a lot like actual manga yeah the manga page is is great and i think it's i don't know if that page is but i think the manga he's referring to is a real manga yeah it looks like the like rumiko takahashi i think like uh the she did like inuyasha and some other stuff as I, i believe um what the basis of it is are um, you guys excited for the new character no but that i line? am excited for the series she did take his heart out of his body so i believe that there is some amount of like dying and resurrection that's going to be happening here that made no me stranger of, to that yeah that made me think of Django because of temple of doom mm, that's true that came up last week also Shakti day <laughs> i do like flatline's entrance just because it's so cheesy like image 90s entrance (laughs) yeah yeah but but yeah i've already forgotten i mean she explains her power here and i've already forgotten what it is (laughs) did you give it a score did i give it a score oh uh no neither one of us uh i'll give it a yeah i'll give it a seven the amount that i enjoyed it while reading it probably an eight eight point five 8.5. 8.5, yeah. It was, I think it was good Damien. I think that Damien can be really poorly written really easily, and I think that he did a good job of really holding true to the heart and purity of Damien while also making him kind of a shitty yeah, heartless pun. Uh-huh. Um, but, like, while also making him you know, kind of in the same way that Jorge Jimenez did with the first portion of Batman Black and White, like the childish over-the-top thing, but not making it that he's just an asshole, it's just that he's also a kid. Uh, great, yeah. great Damien. Now, now you've made me reconsider. I'll give it an eight. Oh, I wasn't trying to do that. But. Well, no, because you're right. I mean, he really did write Damien, Damien well, and we've seen Damien written badly. And so I do, I do go on record yet again. I, I hate Damien's new costume. Yeah, me too. I do too. It's the worst. It yeah. is bad. It's bad, friends. Okay, I just got to talk really quickly about Teen Titans Academy number two. I'm going to make this real fast. This is written by Tim Sheridan. I forget who the artist is. It's Sandoval is the last name. It's Rafa Sandoval, who's been doing stuff lately. 
uh, with DC. I like it. It's pretty house style, but a little bit, honestly, a little bit leaning Jamal Campbell, having just talked about him, um, which means like a kind of a digital uh, kind of coloring going on. But uh, right. Is that what you would call Jamal Adams art? Like the black and white, you were talking about how like a lot of those grays are actually like the introduction of red into the color spectrum. Yeah, 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 definitely very, very kind of slick and digital. And I'm yeah, I'm curious what what exactly it is about his art that is so digital looking. But there's some overlaps of what seems present in his art in this Rafa Sandoval's art. Um, and I I do like it quite a bit. It's a little bit housey, house DC style at times, but then also has a unique tone. What I really liked about this is that I didn't read issue number one and I wanted to. And this is following up on that Red X storyline that was introduced in the Future State stuff. Um, and okay, so everyone, I'll slow down just a tiny bit. Red X was a character from the Teen Titans cartoon show that Justin loved and a lot of people loved. And I haven't watched it, but uh, he was sort of a character that showed up and no one knew who it was. And it turned out it was like Robin testing people. They've introduced that character in the comics for the first time recently. And he, apparently Nightwing, did have that uh, persona at one point, but somebody has stolen that mask. And all of the Teen Titans have started this Teen Titans Academy. And it's all of these young superheroes now going to the big team titans tower ttt and being trained <laughs> by the big ttts so there's this really fun social high school dynamic thing going on but then there's also this mystery of someone has stolen this identity from nightwing of this mask and they're doing bad shit and and they seem shady but then there's also some other shady people and so now it's like who is red x this awesome character who seems like a total badass and they're throwing out red herrings left and right about like who it might be. And um, I'm not sure if people read Avengers Academy when that was coming out seven ish years ago. And that was a follow-up on a different book, but either way it was basically Lord of the flies with a bunch of young Marvel characters on this Island, kind of like killing each other and having this mystery happen. And it was really cool because it, was breaking a lot of established norms for characters and killing people. This feels a lot like that, not just because it has the word Academy in the title, but because it's a bunch of kid characters who seem well-written and well-conceptualized solving this pretty large scale mystery. And there's a character in it that I really like who is a speedster and I forget her name, but she um, has two prosthetic legs like a runner would have like the kind of like bouncy things but she's also a speedster who can tap into the speed force and i just like i saw her and it kind of begins with her in a wheelchair getting her shit wrecked and then we jump back a half hour and we fill in the gaps between then and now and you know we see her getting her prosthetic limbs on and trying to take some speedster lessons and i was just like oh snap that's cool like that's a cool idea. A speedster who doesn't have legs and then is able to use them with prosthetic. Like it was just a cool, and they talk a little bit about the strategy in there. And there's a good Venetian blind scene, Django. Uh, um, I'm in. Yep. And it's just, it, it, it honestly, it gave me the same feeling that the Nightwing book gave me last week that I was talking about, which this feels like a book that will be able to thrive by not being in the primary spotlight of what DC is doing, mm -hmm. but being of a really high caliber. And I think that with Marvel and DC right now, I think that's where some of their best stuff is happening. It's like books that are just outside of the spotlight and therefore have a little bit more freedom. 
And this one does that. So if you're interested in the Teen Titans, if you're a Teen Titans fan who liked the Red X, if you like Nightwings, there's a lot of good Dick Grayson Nightwing in here. And if you just like Degrassi or, you know, <laughs> weird teen stories of kids together trying to decide who is on their team and not, and um, it's it's really good. That one, I was ready to not like at all. I didn't even read number one, but it was a small week, so I decided to dip in. And uh, I give that one a nine. That was my score for that book i just want people to know that you can drop in on comics and not have read everything leading up to it and you can still enjoy them what else we got guys we're we're nearing the end here now it's just sort of a free-for-all django roman what else did you read that you want to talk about i didn't really read anything else but i can tell you two things that i really wanted to read this week that i just haven't been able to squeeze in yet monsters monsters um and uh reckless oh i started reckless i'll bet it's great oh i love what's it called and phillips dying like a bad boy or death like friends friends or clowns devil in hell devil and friend town (laughs) death from death from smoochie or yeah ooh, gross i didn't watch that movie um i will tell you what that barry windsor smith uh book yeah, we have not had time to read it, but I did get a text because we sold out because a lot of people ordered it the day that it came out and the day beforehand, which get your pre-orders in, pre-orders in early if you can. But um, Will says, I finished this incredible book and I highly recommend it. I couldn't put it down. It's a heartbreaking story. It would be a perfect book club book if it wasn't so long and expensive, but just wow, what a piece of art. So Barry Windsor Smith wrote a book called Monsters. And I, as far as we know, it's like an abandoned script that he wrote that wasn't picked up by Marvel and DC that he wrote and drew that's kind of like an abandoned Hulk monster story that uh, no one wanted because it was a little bit too edgy. And Just Roman, have you read any of it? It made me sad. Yeah, it looks amazing. But good. No, I haven't, I haven't read any yet, but we're sold out now, right? Yeah, we have five more coming in. Um, but yeah, yeah. Um, but um, I, I totally agree with you. The, Friend of the Devil. Friend of the Devil, yeah. Oh, okay. I see your Google foo is... No, I didn't Google. I just finally remembered it. <laughs> oh, I knew it had friend in the title. Could have saved some keystrokes. Just, well, just trust my Jeff. I just didn't know it was going to come back to me. <laughs> Roman, do you have anything in your tookus that you wanted to pull out? I mean, I know you're plugged up and you always leave um, that plug in there, but anything you read that you want to talk about? I know it's been hard, hard to get that enema happening with the plug in the way. Yeah, but um, your ability to bend a tube is something that I've always been impressed with. Roman bend a tube, Statler. Comedic. That's true. <laughs> um well i told you guys uh, the listeners don't know i read the first issue of that uh uh, lock and key lost battalions lost battalions number one because i was after reading sandman lock and key the first issue of that i was like wow this is really good i'm way behind on lock and key so i read the series that leads directly into the sandman lost and key and i read the first issue of that and it was great Really liked it. Now I'm wanting to go back and read everything Lock and Key. <laughs> I I think that every couple of weeks, I wish I had enough time to go back and read everything <laughs> Lock and Key. It's such a good series. This yeah. week I went back and read the two issues of Transformers Beast Wars that I hadn't read yet, two and three, and I'm loving that. Coffee enemas are thought to stimulate bile flow and the production of glutothione, uh, detoxifying antioxidant. Sounds promising, right? However, don't run to the drugstore for an enema bag just yet. <laughs> there are some things you should know before trying a coffee enema. Oh, no. Jeff, you said this was oh, safe. Oh, man. 
Oh no, for many for many people, the immediate benefit of a coffee enema is having multiple bowel movements that help pure purge the colon. But if you're experiencing constipation, a coffee enema may be bringing oh no that's the last oh, thing no. any of us needed oh no i didn't realize i thought it was just a thing you could do to increase your the, sort of the bacteria in your mouth to make your breath smell better <laughs> risks this process may be harmful three deaths potentially related to coffee and it hasn't been recorded in medical literature coffee and it may cause serious side effects such as rectal burns oh no pull the tubes out boys pull the tubes <laughs> all right well we got a mess to clean up on our hands everybody but Thank God there's tile and a drain in the floor. I know, right? I've never been so happy that I'm a scene that looks so much like Saw again. <laughs> Roman, you and I got to stop hanging out in tile bathrooms. But, 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 oh. It's I such know. a great atmosphere, though. The acoustics are great. The acoustics are fantastic. Hey, Roman, you ever seen Saw? Um, I haven't sawn Saw. Okay. Well, it's yeah. great. First one's it's, great. It's scary and gross, so I haven't seen it. <laughs> when this all ends, you and I and Jake are going to get together and watch the first Fast and the Furious and the first Saw. And the next week, we'll get together and watch the next Fast and the Furious and the next Saw. <laughs> and we'll just continue like that weekly. I think you could get up to nine with both of them by then, because uh, the, the new Saw movie with Chris Rock comes out in a couple weeks. What? Really? Nice. Chris Rock? Yep. Yep. Wow. <laughs> Spiral. And that's why people show up. <laughs> I watched Mortal Kombat. Did you watch Godzilla versus King Kong? Yes. Oh. Nice. We're a couple of movie hounds. Everybody should watch Invincible. We should get out of here because now we're just killing time because we like being around each other. But really, this has to be turned into a product at some point. Content. Content, content, content moderation. Content. Absolutely. We are, we are content providers. We are. Creators. Thank you for listening to this episode. 223, I think. Thank you, Andrew, for the email. Everybody else should send us more emails. We want more of them. And Django says 224 now. Oh. If we're in Illinois, uh, it's 224. Shit. Modesto, Illinois is 224. You're right. So we're on episode 224. Andrew, thank you for your email. Everybody else can get us an email. Send it to Jeff at thecomicsplace.com. I'll get it, and then we'll read it on here. Send a bunch. Send a bunch. Now we're just trying to put them between books. Listen, and that's Jeff, better. I don't yeah. want to part the kimono too oh, much. Oh no! But I would have it a shut. problem if we did one comic, one voicemail like you guys did last week. Which, by the way, great podcast. Thank you. I think it would be awesome if we did less comics and more emails. Yeah, we just need more emails. So that's on you, dear listener. Audio recordings, emails, text messages. I even skimmed a text message I got from Will about monsters this week, right? We're dying for the content. Um, yeah, help us out. We would love to hear from everybody because it is, you know, it was great. We heard from Tyler Kinsinger the other day, like a couple of weeks ago. But mm -hmm. I was just like, that's a guy I haven't seen all pandemic. I miss wonderful energy, kind, thoughtful. Good taste. Great taste. He tastes yeah. fantastic. Yeah. Um, less yeah. filling. Less filling, great. Less Less filling, more taste. Perfectly acceptable podcast, 224. Less filling, more taste. It's a, it's a show about comics. It's less filling. That's the episode of the episode. Name of the episode. Less filling, more the taste. Name of the name. Less feeling or filling? F filing? Filling. Less, less feeling, more taste. <laughs> Sorry, Tyler. <laughs> we love you, Tyler. All right. Um, thanks for joining us. We'll see everybody next week for 224 or 5, probably 225, because Jango's better at keeping track of numbers than I am. Um, I am always am Jeffrey Peppercorn Figley. I'm Roman Garlic Corn. <laughs>
I'm just Django, but I was wondering. Garlic corn? I was thinking. I was thinking garlic corn. Garlic corn? I'd like to hear, like, what do you think? What do you think, Jeff? Okay. Roman listeners, what do you think? What do you think, like, if your favorite superheroes had a band? Oh. Who are the three to five members, and what's the name of the band? They don't have to be on the same team. It doesn't have to be the Fantastic Fortet or anything stupid like that. Oh, that's really clever name, dude. Right off the top of the head. That buddy. was really good. I felt that. The Fantastic Fortet is a really fantastic name. Can we limit it down? Because I've got such a Nirvana head focus right now. Can we yeah. say what would be the superhero power trio? Can we make it a power trio? Oh, a power like trio? Like Rush yeah. or Nirvana? Okay. Okay. And it can be in the band. What do they play? It can be one singer and two drummers. Like we don't care. It's up to you, but three members power trio style. Uh, yeah. That's a great one. Django. If it's, if it's Bane on drums and you're giving them um, gold, you're giving away gold, right? Taking their gold away. They can't use, you can't use Bane on drums. It's Bane on drums. It's, uh, Riddler on bass. And it's, um, we're going to say kite man. Also on bass. Oh wow! What a and they're gonna call it low end. I like that a lot. One Bad word, boy. Low lowercase. Low end. I like that a lot. I like that a lot. Um, we gotta have our own answers to that next time. Jenga, you sip that cocktail because you done good. You earned your pay today. You earned your pay today. All right, everybody. We'll see you next Last week for second. two twenty laughs. And uh, yeah, <laughs> see ya.